It's time for the Rural News with Kim Moody in Ōtautahi. Kia ora, Kim, and the cold weather has decimated asparagus crops. Kia ora, Mani. That's right. A grower says a hard frost overnight means 160 hectares of crops need to be mowed down. Boyd's Asparagus, based near Cambridge, is one of the country's largest growers. Co-owner Andrew Keeney says there was a really hard frost in the Waikato this morning. As a result of that, pretty much any asparagus spears that were above the ground, whether that was a centimetre above, 25 centimetres above the ground, has been frozen and now has to be either mowed down or harrowed down uh, because it's unsellable. So we'll um, get in some big tractors with some mowers on the on the front and the back of them, and it'll take us probably a day, a day and a half to, um, to completely mow all the blocks. And... Um, Really, essentially, what it means for us is that that we're starting our season all over again. You know, we've been in production for about five weeks now. Uh, we'll be out for about four or five days, and then and then we'll start again with um, when the new spears start to poke through the ground in a day or two. Andrew Kenny says there might be a slight shortage of asparagus in, for a day or two, but there are plenty of other growers around New Zealand, so consumers probably won't notice a difference. A roadmap has been developed for how New Zealand could grow its seaweed industry. There's already an emerging seaweed sector in New Zealand, but it is very small compared to international markets. Seaweed can be turned into a range of products, from food and fertiliser to sunscreen and nutritional supplements. Researchers from Cawthron Institute and Envirostrat have developed a plan that outlines what the sector could look like and how to get there. Envirostrat Chief Executive Nigel Bradley says in 2019, the global value value of seaweed aquaculture was 14 billion US and it's been growing by about 7% annually since then so there's plenty of opportunity for growth. The growth potential is huge but, but I think it's also really important to realise that we're never going to compete with in particular Asian producers because a lot of the markets uh, and the species that are being grown and processed up in Asia are for their own markets. And so what, what we've had to do in New Zealand is really step back and say, well, where, what are the areas that we can compete in? So from a growth potential point of view, um, there's, a, there's a really, really strong opportunity. And you already see companies like Agrisi and Waikaitu that are really doing great things in uh, agriculture and horticulture. So providing products, seaweed-based products for those sectors to help them there. That's both a domestic and an export opportunity. Mr Bradley says at the moment companies in New Zealand are either collecting seaweed from beaches or as bycatch from mussel farming. He says the new roadmap would help the industry move towards hatcheries. First of all, there are some regulatory challenges that need to be overcome and um, we've been working closely with, with government agencies on that. So enabling the growth, is that's part of it. Part of it is also developing the know-how and the skills in farming as well as the processing and, and then being, you've got a full end-to-end supply chain which then can scale up. And I think the more we're able to scale up the production of seaweed done in the right way, we can then start investing really heavily into those very high-value opportunities both for export and here. Nigel Bradley says one of the project's main recommendations has already been met with the launch of the new Sector Voice, the Aotearoa New Zealand Seaweed Association. 
Beef and Lamb New Zealand says good policy controls would help create a better balance of farm emissions and carbon forestry. A new report by the Parliamentary Commissioner for the Environment has found 770,000 hectares of new pine forest would need to be planted by 2050 to achieve the temperature reduction that cutting methane emissions by 10% would achieve. That amounts to 8.5% of the total land currently used for pastoral farming. Beef and Lamb spokesperson Dave Harrison says the integration of trees within farms could go a long way to meeting New Zealand's climate change commitments, but current policy settings are resulting in too many farms being fully converted to carbon forestry operations. He says it's good the government is reviewing forestry within the emissions trading scheme, but it seems like reform will take a number of years. NZ Young Farmers is adding more mental health resources to its website. The move comes after the organisation had feedback that some people didn't know where to turn to for help. Chief Executive Linda Coppersmith hopes the new list of resources will bridge the gap for those needing immediate or long-term support. Depending on where you're at, you know, it varies right from like 111 if you're really in trouble, right through to sort of Ellie Perriam and Will to Live. She, she's got a... Um, wonderful service that she set up looking at funding uh, counselling for people that need help. So uh, just what are some different options for accessing help and, and how, to, how to reach out. So hopefully um, that will make some sort of clear, uh, make it a, a really clear process for people. Linda Coppersmith says NZ Young Farmers is also launching a series of workshops around the country to help its members learn practical skills to manage their mental health and well-being. Efforts to expand venison exports into China are starting to pay off, with the country becoming our fourth biggest export market for the meat. Prices have been subdued in the last two years after the COVID pandemic forced restaurants around the world to close. AgriHQ senior analyst Mel Crowd says consumption of New Zealand-produced venison was non-existent in China back in 2015, but a government-led project has turned that around. The Passion to Profit government scheme has basically helped secure these new markets and help support on-farm productivity as well. Through this time, we've seen fawn survival rates increase, as have carcass weights. So the icing on the cake would be an increase in farm gate returns. But look, current slaughter prices ranging between $8.45 to $8.65 a kilo outside of current contracts. Now, that's the highest since the end of 2019. And Mel Crowd says production for the European shield season is off to a good start, with demand ramping up and freight issues easing. That's the rural news for this week. Koirate Purongo, o te taipenua.